The world is a beautiful but challenging place to live. And let's face it, life hits hard sometimes. So if you find your hopes and dreams and mental well-being needs a boost, you're tuned in to the right podcast. Welcome to Inspire Us with your host, Jay Paul Nadeau, a former hostage negotiator turned motivational speaker and acclaimed author of Take Control of Your Life. And now, here's your host, Jay Paul Nadeau. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Inspire Us. Today, I have the pleasure of introducing you to Julie Daniluk. She is a nutritionist and a TV personality. She's also the award-winning, best-selling author of Meals That Heal Inflammation and Slimming Meals That Heal. Her third book, Hot Detox, was on the Canadian bestsellers list for 11 weeks in 2017 and is already on its way for a second printing. Julie is currently writing her fourth book, and it's due for release in 2021. She has a remarkable story. I keep using the word remarkable, don't I? Well, remarkable is quite a powerful word, and she has a powerful story. You're going to hear it today, and you're also going to hear some pretty amazing facts about food, how it can heal and how it can kill. And without any further delay, it is my pleasure to introduce you to Julie Daniluk. Hello, Julie, and welcome to Inspire Us. Oh, thank you for having me, Paul. It's such an honor. It's a pleasure to have you on. I've been reading about you and and your marvelous journey. Uh, and when I say marvelous, let me say that over again. It's not, you didn't have a marvelous journey, did you? You had a, a pretty a pretty hard journey to get to where you are right now. Uh, yes, but I will say that uh, now I can see the silver linings. Now I can pull the gifts out. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's, uh, that's on the other side of it. So if anyone's dealing with mental health stuff, I, I want to uh, remind them the, the crucible that you that you often are, are, you galvanize yourself when you go through these experiences and that uh, you can have some gifts on the other side. You galvanize yourself. I like that term. Uh, yeah, and it's true. Whatever, well, they say whatever doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I don't believe that. <laughs> Except for bears. Bears will kill you. <laughs> uh, they, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bears will kill you and a bunch of other stuff too, as it turns out, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about your journey then. Uh, how, sure. How did this all start for you? I all, I know how it started for you, but why don't you share? I watched your video, which I thought was absolutely beautiful mm, uh, your you. your journey video so why don't you tell us about that journey sure so i was a hyperactive little girl and my mom uh really resonated with the work of dr feingold and he suggested that you get your child off of white sugar and flour in order to feel better so i was very fortunate at the age of seven when i was doing horrific in school that my mom and dad uh, invested in taking me away from refined food. So I had this early blush of vitality when I was seven years old, where all my attention deficit disappeared, my grades improved as my learning disabilities faded, and it was a really glorious time. So I really owe them the world for getting me off uh, on the right foot. But then when I slipped into my teen years, there was some really heavy tragedy that happened in our house. and. I ended up having a terrible eating disorder. So I would eat 
uncontrollable amounts of ice cream and wild amounts of Cinnabons and corn chips and just just eat until I couldn't hold it down. It was just a dreadful time. And then uh, that kind of damaged my stomach severely. So when I turned 30, I decided to cash in my down payment for a house. And I did a trip around the world. And when I was in Thailand on a retreat, I unfortunately ate the wrong pad thai that was filled with poisonous shellfish and really bacteria ridden chicken. And I, I got horrific food poisoning that nearly killed me. My fever spiked to 104. I couldn't keep fluids in. And I was in a very remote area with no roads. So I actually had to be transported by ATV vehicle. And I was a total wet noodle. I didn't have any use of my legs. So I had to be carried into the nurse's station and resuscitated back to life with heavy antibiotics and IV drips. And when I was laying there having a come to God moment, I realized that if I could just get well, I would pay it forward. So I had a deep conversation with God that day and said, like, please, please just help me out of this. And I will never take my health for granted again. And I will help everyone around me. (laughs) And I have to say it really, uh, it really did seem to have a connection point. And I feel very blessed that when I got home, I started my journey to healing, but it was a a tumultuous one. So I ended up having post-infectious colitis and arthritis and bursitis as a result of that terrible infection, because when your gut gets that inflamed, your whole body becomes inflamed. It's a domino effect. Mm. Yeah. So I took a number of years to recover from that, but the amazing part came when I had Uh, just a total understanding that I had to, had to give everything to my healing. And I kind of had a tough love moment where my husband said, what are you going to do to heal? And I rocked myself in a hot bathtub, just walking myself through what I had to do because I really needed to let go of the food addiction. And uh, the next day I woke up and started writing down the foods that I needed to eat to heal and what I needed to let go of. And that became my best-selling book, Meals That Heal Inflammation, because I'm so thrilled that I'm now completely free of arthritis, bursitis, and colitis. Wow, that is amazing. And you did that through researching the right foods to eat? Yes. Wow. And, and truly letting go of the food addiction, because that's one thing that a lot of people know what to eat. It's closing the gap between what we what we know and what we actually do that I'm interested in. So now for the last 10 years, I've become an eating psychology coach and I'm absolutely obsessed with figuring out people's why. Why do they act the way they do? Why do they eat the way they do? Because that is fascinating, isn't it? Like why people self-harm with food? Mm. Because at a certain point, that, that so-called cheat becomes like an incredible way to harm ourselves, but we just often keep going. So, yeah. Well, why don't you explain that self-harm with food? Um, Can you get into that a little bit more? What are you talking about there? Yeah. I really want people to understand that uh, food can be for self-love or for for self-harm. And food is, is really just the tool. And if you truly uh, remember a moment where you el- you ate so much that you literally felt like you're busting a gut that is on a stomach level self-harm because you are actually hurting your stomach you then hurt your small intestine you burden your liver 
you spike your blood sugar, all of these, these cascade of things that happen purely because you are so emotionally attached to that food that you can't put it down. Mm. So we, we really want to look just like we do with gambling, just like we do with alcohol, just like we do with sex. Food mm-hmm. addiction is real. And are we actually uh, become addicted to that food as a way of coping? Because it's just a tool to cope. And once we have better tools to cope, we actually don't need that food at that level. We can, we can have a healthy relationship with that food. And that's why I'm so excited about how helping people through this time of severe isolation, because food really fulfills so many needs for us, right? Mm-hmm. We have this unbelievable need for certainty. So what do we do when COVID happened? <laughs> Most of us ran out to the store and bought up half the store of food. That's why there was food shortages because we wanted certainty around food, right? <laughs> That's so true. Totally. Yeah. So there's so many reasons that we eat that we need to un- 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 really uh, focus in on every person's specific reason for eating. And once we tap into that reason, we can unwind that, ob- that obsession and get back to an even keeled loving place with that food. I gotcha. Now you said that you gave up your food addiction uh, a mm-hmm. little bit earlier. What was that about? Like, what are you talking about your food addiction? What were you actually addicted to back then? I was addicted to corn chips and I absolutely loved anything with flour sugar and cinnamon. So my grandmother used to make me Cinnabons when I was a little girl. So that was one of my big trigger foods. When I felt super insecure, when I was going through a rough time, I would run not walk to the Cinnabon and get like a double icing cinnamon pecan bun and just devour the entire thing. And that's like a thousand calories. And then I could also polish off an entire pint of ice cream with an entire row of cookies in one sitting. And then I could also have popcorn or another salty snack. So I would go salty, sweet, salty, sweet over and over again. Right. And it was so dangerous. Yeah. Now that was as a result of something tragic or something uh, difficult in your home life or or something that, yeah. And a lot of people do turn to eating uh, obsessively uh, when uh, when they are depressed, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. It's because it immediately gives you that dopamine hit. You get such a chemical high from eating that food, but it's diminishing returns just like any drug. So what I used to get from a cookie, I now I need to eat a row of cookies to feel the same way. So that's when I realized my life was out of control and I absolutely needed to get help. And I think it's the same way with alcohol too. You build a certain resistance and then you have to drink more to get the same high, right? Uh, now, exactly. It's yeah. exactly like alcohol. It is. Yeah. Alcohol is just fermented sugar. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's just, true. It's all part of the same. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. So when when you got ill uh, in in Thailand, yes, and your yes. journey to recovery, you said that you started to research different foods that could heal yourself that you could. Yeah, heal I got a hold yeah, I got a hold of a protocol from the naturopathic college on the anti-inflammatory diet. And on this list, it was pretty basic. And I realized, okay, as a, as a person who loves nutritional research, I was going to flush out this list. 
So now my my list is extremely extensive. So if anyone wants that list, we can provide the anti-inflammatory pyramid for them, which really gives the basics. And then I am really diving into that in my book, Meals That Heal Inflammation, where we flesh out all the foods that have good science behind it as to why they're Mm anti-inflammatory. So a food to be anti-inflammatory has to switch off many of the inflammatory messengers that you have in your body. Now, we should probably define what inflammation is for, for a new listener would be inflammation is your body's emergency response to any incoming harm. So your body sees an incoming infection or it sees an incoming injury, like it twists an ankle and it's your body's emergency healing response. It's actually your body's way of saying, okay, let's send in all the immune troops. Let's send in all that red blood. That's where the swelling and the redness comes from so that we can send as much healing to that area as possible. But you're really supposed to resolve inflammation in about five, five days to a week. But if you unfortunately aren't able to resolve the infection or you aren't able to resolve a nutritional imbalance that might be in the background, then unfortunately you have the inflammation go from acute, which is really positive, to chronic inflammation, which is really negative. And that's when we have to look at our menu and see where can I support myself with foods that reduce that inflammatory reaction And there's messengers that we look at like interleukin one or another really big one that we often measure is something called C-reactive protein. And those are just the markers that let us understand that you're inflamed. And then we can actually measure before and after. And this is what's so cool about the, the decade I've been doing this is that we actually see a dramatic reduction in those inflammation markers when people start to eat an anti inflammatory menu. Hmm. That sounds all fascinating. So the proper eating, I guess, that you started or the the journey that you went on after you you, you became ill, after you got the the food poisoning, that healed you over a period of time, just eating the right foods, just changing that? Yes. How does that work? Just eating the right foods. So I just needed to uh, remove all the foods that were harming me. Right. And I needed to ramp up the foods that could heal my gut lining because that's where, for me, that's where my inflammation started was an infection in my gut. So after really adhering to a menu that would help knock out the bad guys and replenish the good guys, because remember there's a war going on in your digestive system and people don't realize that there's, there's good troops and bad troops. So there's the good bacteria called probiotics and then there's the negative infections that we often fall victim to. So with that war, we need to use the good guys, like the, the, the rebellion, to knock out the actual stormtroopers that often come down and hurt us. <laughs> we can use Star Wars analogies for a moment. And then really, truly, once we hit that balance where the gut lining is carpeted with good bacteria that keep all the parking spaces uh, really strong and tight so that the bad guys can't penetrate, then we see a remarkable reduction of inflammation because it calms down all those markers. So heal the gut and you often heal the joints, you heal the skin, you heal the organs. So whatever inflammation you're dealing with, we want to start by reducing the inflammation of the gut. And we do that with the anti-inflammatory menu. Okay. Now, uh, what are some examples of the anti-inflammatory menu then? 
Sure. So I will take you to the world's longest living people. So if we look at the longest living people, what do they all have in common? They have very low inflammation right. because they've got a powerful anti-inflammatory menu. And at the top of that list, you'll notice how many coastal regions are the longest living people. So they have a very high fish menu. Mm. Um, so fish is great. The only problem with fish in this latest world is that the big, big fish are really magnifying the amount of heavy metals. So we need to stay away from tuna and swordfish mm. and the big, huge groupers and like the large, large fish and like eat as small as possible. So when we eat herring and anchovies and sardines and the tiny little fish or fish oil from those, from those fish, then we have a very high amount of omega-3 without the toxins. And those omega-3s have been scientifically proven to reduce inflammation. But also what's important to this podcast is we see a massive pop in people's mood because we now know that depression is in part neuro or brain inflammation. Mm. So if we can reduce the inflammation of the brain by eating the right foods that heal your gut and your brain, then you'll really see a difference. And we now know that omega-3 partnered with vitamin D is one of the fastest ways to create more serotonin, your feel good hormone in your brain. So if we wanna feel safe, if we wanna feel happy, we really wanna increase foods that up that serotonin. So definitely increase omega-3 and vitamin D, and then also really get that color, color, color in there because every single food has its own magic. So with let's start with vitamin A, A foods, they're often orange. A, a carrot juice has 25,000 IUs of vitamin A. Then vitamin B is always typically green. So your foliage, your wonderful leafies, your great, whether it's spinach or cabbage or broccoli or kale, like any of those foods are really high in the B vitamins that are great for mental health, but also great for reducing your inflammation from head to toe. And then your red foods and your purple foods often really provide a lot of those antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin C is just killer. So all the berries, right? They're amazing. Or red pepper provides 300 milligrams of vitamin C. Great for immunity. Yes, everyone knows that, but also really great for your adrenals, which are the wonderful parts of your body that desperately needs nourishment. Yeah. So eat wow. the rainbow and had lots of omega-3 and knock off the heavy duty blood sugar spiking carbohydrates that cause a lot of inflammation. So we got to get you off sugar. Yeah. <laughs> Which is my next book coming up. Oh, People okay. have to wait for it, but my next <laughs> book will become, a, it's becoming sugar-free. So I will oh. share lots in that. Oh, that's really cool. Becoming sugar-free yeah. is, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a nice tagline right there. Be yeah. Become sugar-free. Now, uh, what are some of the examples of some of the worst things that people could be eating during this pandemic? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness. So the classics in front of uh, streaming and chilling. <laughs> yeah. That's so, it. Yeah. Sadly, the, uh, the deep fried potato chip. I just want to dissect that one for a moment because when you eat a deep fried potato chip, you're looking at a carbohydrate that's insulin spiking. And it's also a nightshade, which also has its own problems if you're allergic to nightshades. A lot of people are, about one in 10 people are intolerant to nightshades. But then you're taking it and deep frying it in genetically modified canola oil at exceptionally high temperatures, oh. which causes something horrific called acrylamide, which is one of the most toxic, toxic food compounds. It also creates a lot of advanced glycation end products. So we end up with like this, this, 
chemical storm inside this, what looks like an in, innocent potato chip. So we want to get off deep fried foods like potato chips, corn chips. That was my absolute vice. I could eat an entire large bag of corn chips. And it was, it, it became like a mission. Like I kept sticking my hand in the bottom of the bag and I'm like, I'll just stop when I run out. You know? And how crazy is that? Cause that was like 1700 calories in one bag. Yeah. So no judgment here. I mean, you'll never hear a judgment come out of my mouth. All right. I've eaten it all. I've done it all. Well, good. Because I'm about yeah. to confess that, uh, yeah, every once in a while I go for a, a bag of chips and, and I've reduced mm -hmm. that quite a bit, but at one point many years ago, um, I was addicted to the chips and I had gained so much weight and it was like a bag a night. Uh, and yeah. it was religious for me and mm -hmm. I, I was up to 193 pounds and I'm only five mm -hmm. foot eight. And after I cut that out and started exercising and eating, uh, well, I got down to 160. So that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot big, big. And I, I'm, I'm right now I'm 160, 162. So, wow. and a lot, well, thank you. Um, it became a lifestyle. And I think that that's what, uh, eating, eating properly has to become a lifestyle, right? My big thing is let go of the diet entirely because dieting doesn't work. It never works and never will work. 95% of diets fail. Mm. It's just setting you up for failure because it puts you in, in food prison. And who wants to be in food prison? No one. No. So your brain will try to rebel within about 21 days of starting a diet. So I say, don't start a diet, start a live it, which is looking for foods that you know are healing and stepping away from the foods you know are harmful. So look down at your plate and ask yourself one qualifying question. Is this food for self-love or is this food for self-harm? Oh, and if I like you that. can answer, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna heal me. That's a really good decision. Eat it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So fish and fruit and uh veggies uh, of all colors, yeah. Those are the, the those are the healing, right? Yeah, nuts, seeds, of course, like pumpkin seeds, hemp hearts, sunflower seeds. All the seeds are super healing and have unbelievable nutrition in them. So if we really go back to more of a caveman idea of eating things as unprocessed as possible, miracles happen. Like we're talking people who who follow a live it with me and like i i run an incredible support group called the meals that heal thrive tribe where people get in there and they just have accountability and challenges and we just have such a good time together and i cannot well i can believe because i guess i've been doing it for a decade but it's so beautiful to see <laughs> how loving the testimonials are like julie i have lost 55 pounds and i've gone from crippled on the couch to running up the stairs with absolute ease. I'm able to go for 2000 step walks when I couldn't walk to the bathroom when I first started. Like miracles wow. happen wow. because people get off of junk food. That's all we're looking at. Not, not a hyper restriction, not like rigid rules, just really being loving and free with yourself and just stepping towards wellness, making that next step about I'm healing my mind, I'm healing my body. <laughs> You know. Yeah, and I, I suppose if you get into that frame of mind that uh, you know you're you're choosing to eat the right things that will boost mm. boost your health, boost your brain, uh, and really put you in a great place. Well, look what it's done for you. At one mm. point, you were uh, you had uh, chronic arthritis, you had uh, colitis, you uh, ah. you could you could hardly move, um, and you went on to this journey of healing and eating the right foods, and 
not all foods work the same way for all people, right? That's a big part of my philosophy is that there's seven and a half billion diets for seven and a half billion people. There's no way I could come up with the Dan Luck diet or any specific rigid diet that were any particular person. I hate menu plans. I think they're ridiculous. No one follows them really. And they just set you up for, again, more expectation of, oh, I didn't do it right. I might as well throw the whole thing out. I just, this whole on the wagon, off the wagon needs to, let's, let's just be kinder to ourselves around that. Right. And be Mm. really enrolled in just moving towards the light as best we can. Yeah, yeah. And it, it works so much better. And especially around the mental health piece, because we really want to look at if you've just had a big binge and you're listening to this because COVID is really lonely. Like I cannot believe my, my husband just got the news that he can't spend Christmas with his family. His, his parents are in a really rough spot and we're really understanding that that's a really big trigger for so many people is being lonely through these Mm. times. Right. Mm -hmm. And so your mind goes back to the times when you were at birthday parties or Christmas parties and celebration. And so we go to those treat foods or shall we say cheat foods Mm -hmm. when we're in that lonely place. And so right now it's coming up with new treats so that you don't have to cheat. So it's, it's really having a massive array of healing, delicious options And that's what I really try to teach constantly. Someone throws down a challenge and I try to create a substitution for them so that they can move away from white sugar, white flour, um, because those are the two big things that inflame you. And of course, refined corn into corn chips, like that kind of thing is also very inflaming. Mm. And yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm so sorry to hear about your husband and uh, family. Wow. Well, you know what? A lot of people- I know so this, many people are in the same boat, right? Yeah. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people yeah. from across the world are are suffering these days. Now let's talk yeah. about how food can actually enhance your mental wellness. Oh gosh. Yeah, totally. So back to the green foods for a second. Um, green foods really contain a lot of ingredients that are great for your mental wellness. Uh, but it's funny that when we're blue, why don't we crave broccoli? <laughs> yeah. I wish I could say like, oh yeah, there's a big dopamine hit when you eat broccoli, but there isn't. Right. That's the fascinating thing. The dopamine seems to come from heavy carbohydrate foods. Mm. So we do have to remind ourselves that if we if we focus on the green, we often get a green light to our good mood. And I really think the the big one is is broccoli sprouts are amongst the healthiest foods in the entire planet. Um, extremely good for our mental health. Um, and anything that is leafy, uh, just think full of foliage is high in folate, which is B9, which is extremely good for mental health. Mm. So that's what I really want everyone to try to eat more of. And if you find raw salads leave you bloated, some people don't digest raw salad, then just steaming it ever so slightly will open that cellulose and make it easier to digest. And then I, I make salad soup. So I'll put boiling hot bone broth over a salad to warm it up in the winter time. So my belly can handle it. And the bone broth is exceptionally good because it's high in glycine, which is extremely good for mental health, proline and other cofactors that are so healing all the minerals like magnesium. So good for you. And magnesium is another relaxing mineral, helps to switch off muscle tension, helps to relieve insomnia, helps us really cope with more. And you get uh, magnesium from wonderful places like most fish have it and lovely seeds. Oh my goodness. Hemp hearts are one of the highest sources. 
Um, and hemp hearts are just such a power pack of nutrition. And I love almonds are really high magnesium. So lots of good places. And the good news is if you can find sugar-free chocolate through this phase, because I know everyone craves chocolate, sugar-free chocolate is exceptionally high in uh, magnesium without any of the derailing sugar that causes sadness. There's sugar-free chocolate out there and I didn't know oh, about it. Oh, there's like five brands now. Get there's it. amazing brands, yeah. <laughs> so, so, so many like, um, oh, I think the most popular brand is called Lily's and they make um, baking chips as well. So you can have like chocolate chips now that are sugar-free and they're sweetened with stevia. So they don't pop your blood sugar at all. They don't increase insulin at all. So they're perfectly safe for diabetics. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I'm sure that a lot of my listeners or our listeners are going to really love that idea. Go out and get some chocolate, uh, um, sugar-free chocolate. Uh, Yeah, because you need treats. You, your body needs treats. And what if you had a treat every day? You wouldn't need a cheat day on the weekend if you had a treat every day. Because every day is fun day. Nah. That's one thing I'm, I'm a stand for is have fun with your food so that you're not deprived. Because de- deprivation causes you to fall off the wagon as you binge. Mm. So give yourself fun every day. Just look at that food and ask if that fun's going to be now and later. Because if it's only fun for five minutes and then the fun stops the second you swallow it, that's no good. If you have something that tastes good in your mouth and you're having dopamine and you're having fun, you're having love and connection with your family because it's like a chocolate treat, but then you also feel freaking amazing the next day, that is a true treat. And food can do that for you, make you feel amazing the, the next day? Absolutely, because you're starting to build mental wellness through the right brain chemistry. Uh, yeah. You're building your dopamine storage, you're building your serotonin, you're increasing oxytocin, you're you're getting your neurochemistry corrected by reaching for the right foods. And most importantly, by getting rid of the foods that cause extreme mental anguish. For me, I am profoundly, profoundly intolerant to cane sugar. If I have cane sugar, it's kryptonite. I lose a whole 48 hours. It's wow. not worth it. No, I feel so negative. I feel self-harming. I feel, I feel black. I feel PMS. I feel like I could rip my, my lovely husband's head off. Mm. Who wants that? And then, then it takes days to repair the damage when you've had a lash out at someone. It's not worth it. What's, what's really worth it is to find treats that you're like, yeah, this tastes incredible. And tomorrow you're like, I'm even keeled. Mm. We all just want to be we just want to be in love with the people around us. We, you know, <laughs> we we need it today, don't we? We just yeah. Want, yeah. And and I was not aware that food could affect you that much. I mean, everybody knows. Oh yeah, healthy food, uh, healthy mind, healthy body. But I didn't realize that it could actually affect you for days and and uh, really change uh, the way that you feel about yourself mentally and yeah. and physically. Wow, that's um yeah. that is amazing insight. Now, for some of the people uh, who have gained weight uh, during these COVID times, um, who are going to the bags of chips or who are eating much more than they should, what advice would you give them right now to uh, to slowly get, uh, well, slowly may not be the word, but to get to where they need to be? So you, if you feel that you're out of control with food, it may be time for you to assess whether you need some psychological help with breaking up with that food. Mm. You can start, of course, some principles by yourself, like sitting quietly with that food and having a conversation with that food and writing a journal entry about what that food serves for you. What does it give to you? 
And then we fulfill those needs other places. So a really great example is my grandma and her Cinnabons. I needed to realize that I was fulfilling a need for certainty. I was fulfilling a need for love that I didn't have. And so I, I went out and actually created my grandma's ginger cookie recipe with lots of cinnamon that did not hurt me because it did not have sugar in it. It did not have, it did not have cane sugar in it, which I'm terribly allergic to. Mm. And it did not have any flour in it. It was actually made with almond flour. And just swapping those two ingredients out, all of a sudden I had a treat that was my grandma that represented my grandma. It represented love so I could eat it freely. And it did give me certainty. It did give me that, that feeling of security, but it didn't derail me. Mm. And that just substitution, if, if the first thing I do is, is definitely look at why, but also start to build an arsenal of substitutions for yourself so that for you, if you absolutely love chips, can we find you for now the world's healthiest chips so mm-hmm. that you're not derailing yourself with a standard bag of, you know, all dressed wild chemicals, evil oils, like yeah. genetically modified, just yeah. <laughs> crazy shit on there. Can we first kind of say, okay, I also really like sweet potatoes. So I'm going to try that. Right. And I'm going to try to make them myself by, you know, taking a good quality avocado oil and brushing them. And I'm going to, I'm going to cook them off in my own oven. And I'm going to have something so soul satisfying because they're crispy and delicious and they're homemade. My gosh, there's nothing more delicious than that. Mm. And it's just a massive leap up. So could you do that? Is that something you could take on? That's just an incremental step of just switching brands. Mm-hmm. And then the next step of switching to homemade. Boom, right. boom. Wow. That's really remarkable because, yeah, it's an easy thing to do once you decide to do it, right? It is, yes. uh, it, it's weighing the pros and the cons and what's going to be. And, yeah. and there are no cons to, to giving up bad food. There are no cons, but it's, it's that mental move. And what you said a little bit earlier. I'll, I'll tell you what the con is. It's it's the belief that you have to have this specific food to have that dopamine rush. Oh. And if I can really have people in my care long enough, I typically show them that you can fulfill that that dopamine pop. You can fulfill that need for certainty or love by having something new that's exciting. So it's also fulfilling your need for variety because there's six human needs and typically these old foods are just fulfilling two of them. And there's also, it's really surprising. Okay. I want to go down a rabbit hole and we probably can't go there today, but just there's so much good psychology of eating that we can delve into that has people understand like they might be eating to get away from a feeling. So by trying to get away from their loneliness, they might be creating long-term loneliness and they don't see that in the moment because we're all very immediate creatures. We don't see that, okay, I'm eating because I feel lonely and I don't want to feel lonely. So I'm going to eat something that reminds me of my childhood. But at the end of the day, as people become, uh, you know, when they get to a place where their weight is something they feel really frustrated by they might isolate even more and eat in private even more Mm. because they don't want to eat in public because they start to have a feeling of discomfort openly eating so they drive themselves isn't it interesting that they're pushing an away they're pushing away something like loneliness but they end up getting that loneliness twofold 
from that very behavior that they're trying to push away. It's fascinating to me. That is fascinating to me too. When you put it that way, yeah, I can see how that can happen so easily for a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, one thing that you said a little bit earlier on that I want to touch on, you actually said it's, it's almost like breaking up with the food and, <laughs> and, and, you, might, and you might need a coach, uh, like a, a, um, yeah, a food coach. I hadn't really thought about that because yes, eating poorly is an addiction and it, yeah, you might require somebody like yourself who could help coach you out of your poor eating habits. I hadn't thought mm. of that. Yeah. That's amazing. Do you do much of that? Yeah. I mean, basically I'm a personal trainer for your, for your menu. Mm. And I do it mostly inside my Thrive Tribe because let's face it, that's only $60. So that's where people can kind of feel comfortable in their present financial state during COVID because private coaching is obviously a lot more. So mm -hmm. we do a lot of group coaching so that we can talk to everybody, but take really great question periods. And I'm, I'm known for going along with my question periods because <laughs> I just want to make sure that every, we don't leave anyone behind when, when they're trying so hard to live a super enlivened life. <laughs> Right. Um, right. Yeah. That's they amazing want to reach that state We're, of feeling great. Well, this mm. is it. Yeah. We all want to reach that state of feeling great. And especially uh, during these difficult times where there's yeah. so much uncertainty and so much anxiety and, and uh, totally. depression, if we can turn that around by starting to eat well. And when you, when you start to lose those, uh, those pounds or you start to look better, you feel better, right? I know. Isn't it incredible? We've both had journeys in, in that area and uh, nothing tastes as good as healthy feels. No, you're right. And when you look at yourself, you feel good and, and you, yeah. you feel good by looking at yourself, but you, you feel strong. And that's, that's the big thing yes. right there. Yes. yes. Yeah. When I, when I stopped working out to lose weight and I started to work out to get strong, the whole world changed because I stopped caring about the scale because the scale the scale will lie to you the mm -hmm. scale will say you're heavier today and instead you need to go oh wow i gained half a pound of muscle how cool is that yeah that's right exactly it's really important because fat if you look at an um if you look at the same amount uh visually of mm -hmm. fat it is literally half the weight of the exact same visual amount of of muscle so therefore you really need to go by either fat percentage or measurements mm -hmm. over looking at a scale. I, I really only check into a scale about once a quarter now, just to make sure that, you know, I'm, I, I am kind of in the range that I, you know, my high school range that I like, mm -hmm. but it's just, you let go of the scale because you understand that um, it's all just about being more of an athlete than you were yesterday, which is extremely rare because let's face it, most of us peak our athleticism in high school. Mm -hmm. And if we can look down our 40s, 50s, 60s and say, okay, now is my absolute priority to get into the, the best shape of my life so that I can have an extraordinary longevity because out of all of the, the, the four pillars of longevity, movement is the one that you cannot skip. You can't. Some people can get away with, with weird food and they genetically are lucky, <laughs> but no one can get away with literally sitting all day long. It no. just, it just shortens, we know it just shortens our life. So that's yeah. how I've gotten away from just focusing on food. And now our Meals at Heal Thrive Tribe 
addresses all four pillars. So those pillars being longevity has to be made up of eating well, moving, having a connection, having a deep loving connection and having purpose. And when we have those four areas covered, boom, we're, our mental health improves, our physical health goes through the roof because we have a reason to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And purpose. Yes. When you find purpose, you do have a reason for getting up in the morning and feeling yeah. great about the day. Right. Yeah. And totally. a lot of people, a lot of people are, uh, are losing uh, their sense of purpose during this uh, quarantine time. And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not getting any better, uh, you know, anytime soon. So uh, it's time for us to take control of our lives. Right. And- well, what's so empowering is to see this as sort of um, a time to be a hermit and to redesign yourself. And that's one thing that this summer, uh, during COVID times, I decided to swim the English Channel virtually. Oh, so, wow. So, so just taking on something just outside your comfort zone. I, I had never swum that much in my whole life, of course. Virtually means you're allowed to break it up into chunks. <laughs> but to to swim that consistently every day, I have never been that fit in my entire life. So I love having challenges. We run challenges inside our Thrive Tribe constantly because to throw down the challenge and say, okay, guys, this month's challenge is we're all going to eat five servings of veggies and post post the pictures of the veggies inside the clubhouse. Just people love that stuff. You're getting connection and you're getting huge purpose and you're just having such, such focus and momentum when you have community. Now, to get to your Thrive Tribe, uh, to mm-hmm. beca- become a part of this, do they just simply go to your website? Yeah, well, we we have it on our website. Absolutely. It's a wonderful, it's the first thing you see when you hit my website, which is just juliedanilek.com. I'm going to I'm going to post the link in uh, in the bio as well. So can we talk about one more thing? Of uh, course. Yeah. The research uh, that you've done, I, I've heard that food can actually help heal cancers and yes. different different d- diseases like this. A lot of people, I've lost um, some very close people in my life over the last year uh, through cancer and other things. What, what can food or how can food play a healing role when you're dealing with, with these kind of diseases? I highly recommend everyone who's dealing with uh, cancer in their life around them or with them or themselves, please pick up the book called Eat to Beat Disease by William Lee, and it's L.I. And he uh, was the brilliant uh, scientist who went on TED Talks and did this incredible TED Talk that's 21 minutes long, I think, and it just covers how you can starve cancer using food. Wow. So you can actually starve off the blood supply because it turns out that once uh, uh, cancer cells get to a certain size they need their own blood supply so they actually get the body to to give them extra blood so if we can actually create uh, a menu using foods that starve that blood supply it can be a total game changer. So using the phytonutrients of food. So for example, the catch-ins within green tea is extremely popular. Um, Having uh, a very, 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 very low sugar diet is exceptionally important because it turns out that that cancers live predominantly on sugars. So um, I don't know if you've ever heard of um, PET scan that's used for cancer diagnosis there's like um they'll they'll inject you with radioactive sugar 
and then see whether that tumor lights up like a Christmas tree. And if it lights up, it's because it's feasting on this radioactive sugar. Mm. So now we realize that going on an exceptionally low carbohydrate diet, like you would find with the ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't believe uh, the average person needs to be on the ketogenic diet. It's just when I, if I was to get that diagnosis, that's the first thing I would do is let go of carbohydrates. And the good news is, is healthy fats. So good fats like omega-9 and omega-3 are powerful anti-inflammatories that reduce the inflammation and also help to decloak the immune system so it can register that there's a tumor there and help attack it. So by having a high, high omega-3, omega-9 menu and a very low, um, dangerous, over-processed, genetically modified fat diet, which we find in all processed foods. So soy oil, canola oil, corn oil, those are all very inflammatory oils, right? So if we move mm -hmm. away from those and embrace the unrefined, beautiful fats, then we end up having an exceptional turnaround of health. And, you know, I, I've had some really personal stories of, of remission using this sort of philosophy of remove the carbohydrates, the white flour, the white sugar, the white corn, and then absolutely switch on to a super high healing fat and lots of produce that's low carbohydrate produce. And uh, yeah, you, you just see exceptional healing and you don't even need to go like the classic ketogenic diet for neuroinflammation, like people with really bad epilepsy would be only 5% carbohydrates. But I believe that you can go as high as 10% carbohydrates, as long as those carbs are extremely healing. So if you are going to have any fruit, they would have to be like super low carb, but you can have raspberries. You can have some blueberries. You just want to keep your amount down so that you can continue to help your body fight off what you're dealing with. Mm. And I've seen absolute miracles. It's, it's so exciting when you meet a person like, yeah, yeah, I could go into stories, but <laughs> I just want to tell you it's totally worth it. And, um, one person who comes to mind, she, um, is just thriving post breast cancer. Mm. And I, I just see so many people, um, eat for comfort, you know, when, when they get that diagnosis, they often will just slip into eating a lot of beige foods because they're not feeling great from chemo. And they end up drinking a lot of these meal replacement shakes that are just loaded with corn syrup. And, and I just want to say it's so worthwhile. It's so worthwhile exploring the anti-cancer menu. And that is so important. Yeah. And I, awareness, a lot of people are not aware mm. that, that foods can actually heal and the right yeah. foods can actually heal. Uh, mm. And over the years, yes, we have gotten into this processed food and, and comfort foods, and we're, we're really neglecting uh, the temple that, that carries us through this, this journey, right? Isn't it interesting that, that people don't, they forget that it's their temple. Mm -hmm. They forget that our soul is being carried around in this flesh body. And that we, if we, if we act absolutely sweep it out and keep it in really pristine condition and keep repairing it, <laughs> that we have greater access to our soul. We have greater access to the divine because we have a clear conversation when the glass is clear on our windows. 
Oh, I like the way that you said that. And yeah, you're right. So to all our listeners out there, Julie, thank you. You have been uh, so uh, enlightening in this area. If you, thank you. Yeah, to, to everyone out there, if you want to feel better, if you want to look better, if you want to age well, it's, it's about diet and exercise. And, and I shouldn't use the word diet because you said nobody should go on a diet. It's about eating well. How I'd like to rephrase it is we want to focus on our food, fitness, and feelings. Oh. Yeah, because then it gets away from trigger words because diet has become a four-letter word for people. It has. So, yeah, I'd just say, you know, really start paying attention to your food. Get get into fitness, whatever makes you feel, even if it's dancing around your living room for half an hour a day. <laughs> and uh, your feelings. Your feelings, are they need to be validated. And when they're shut down and stowed away and we try to get away from them, is when we often make really poor choices in our attempt to, to squash and eat down our feelings. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when we when we allow our feelings to come out in and and to process them, uh, then we through community through through that connection, um, then we can often really find our way home. <laughs> and and that's the place to be. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, to thrive uh, and to yes. live. And yes. to and to even join a tribe like yours, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> for not only for the uh, food wellness, uh, for the mental wellness, you know. Yes, becoming, that's a big part of it. Yeah, be, yeah. becoming part of a positive group, and uh, that's why I did it. That's yeah. why I did it. And I will say the last thing I'll say about that is, I thought I was creating Thrive Tribe to help people during COVID, and what I realized is that by having a tribe that I generated with the wonderful help of my team, that we created our own platform to feel so much love, so much connection that we could make it through this trying time. So, so know that that beautiful love flows both ways that when, when we, our, our, our gift is in the giving for sure. It's Uh, wonderful. So thank you. And thank you for this platform because I've never talked about it this way and you're a really powerful listener. So thanks for building the sandbox. Thank you very much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Julie. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Tune in next week for another insightful episode. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave your comments. For more information, check out our website at www.inspireus.ca. Remember, it's not what happens to us that matters most. It's how we respond to what happens to us that does. Stay strong and resilient. 